0: Hi, I'm Joy Moore. This is That's So Atlanta, the podcast. This is season four of That's So Atlanta, and I'm so thankful for everyone who's listened to my podcast, and I'm thankful to be starting season four. I first wanted to say congratulations to the University of Georgia football team. They won the college football playoff national championship on Monday night, so congratulations to them. You know, I was going to talk about our voting rights because um, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris visited Atlanta on Tuesday, the 11th. And we're talking about voting rights and how important it is to protect the vote. But it's kind of tiring that in 2022, we still have to ask for our basic voting rights to be protected. So I'm not going to talk about that today. What I'm going to talk about is this inflation you know, I talked about this on a previous podcast. I feel like what happened with the Great Recession was a lot of people were left behind. And I talked about how a lot of small business owners lost their businesses during the Great Recession. I just saw someone on TV this morning talking about during the Great Recession, they had their own business and they lost it because of what happened with the economy. So during the Great Recession, we already have a large amount of people who are entrepreneurs. Who are investing back into their communities and lost their businesses. But now I think with this pandemic, it's actually more severe because a lot of people may think the economy has recovered because, you know, investors and shareholders in the stock market, they're getting their money. And some corporations are seeing record uh, profits and executive pay and all of that. But I think for a large segment of the population that is still struggling through this pandemic, they're being ignored. And that is what I realized, you know, for years when I worked at the unemployment office, I realized that the government was not paying attention to some of the people who needed the most help in our country. And I think when people cannot turn to to the people who are in government for help, it kind of makes them lose uh, faith in their government. And it makes them actually, in many instances, in my opinion, not trust the government. I think the biggest issue I have with the grocery store and prices increasing is how fast they're increasing. So, from week to week to week, I'm going to the grocery store and looking at items that I used to buy on sale. Even the sale prices are increasing. So, there's a loaf of bread I used to buy on sale. In a matter of weeks, it's gone up from $1.60 to $1.80 to $2. I'm at the grocery store last week. You know, there was an onion for $1. The next week, it's $1.09. And then ground beef. Ground beef that I used to buy on sale. Um... For four dollars and ninety-nine cents, the store increases it to five dollars and twenty-nine cents. So it's not just about prices being increased, but at many of these stores that I usually shop at, I'm looking at what's on sale, and many times most of the sales are going towards their uh, product line for their organic line. So their organic products cost so much more at the stores than products that are not organic. So when I'm looking through the sales each week, many of the stores are highlighting their organic products being on sale. So I'm not going to pay, you know, 9 to $12 for an organic product if I can't afford it. I'm going to buy a product that's not organic. So when these stores are highlighting their organic products, once again, that's less and less products that are being discounted that week at a sale price for me to buy. And then someone else on TV was talking about how some of the products are even... Decreasing in size. So I noticed that during the Great Recession that was happening where some food companies were actually offering less product in each purchase that was made. But I haven't been paying attention this time to the product. So if you used to buy something that had, you know, 48 ounces of product, it might be reduced to 40 ounces. If you used to be able to get something that had 50, items inside the package, it might be reduced to 45 items. So I don't know because I haven't been paying attention, but that's something else to look for. So when I talked about the beef price being raised, it's not just beef that's being raised, it's um meat throughout the grocery store that's being raised, the prices. So I'm looking um on the internet and I see that, you know, President Biden has decided to give $1 billion dollars to the beef industry, and this is from January fourth, two thousand twenty-two, published at six twenty-six a.m. on CNN.com, written by Danielle Weiner Bronner and Matt Egan. Biden's one billion-dollar bet to make beef cheaper. When will prices fall? So the White House on Monday offered a solution to surging meat prices: an action plan that includes investing one billion dollars of American Rescue Plan funds to boost competition in the industry and promises to ramp up regulation and enforcement of anti-competition laws, but some experts say the move is unlikely to offer relief at the grocery store right away. The Biden administration's investment, which includes grants, loans, money for training, new labeling rules, and ways for farmers to report anti-competitive concerns, is designed to spark competition in the meat processing industry which is dominated by a small number of massive companies. The White House argues that the concentration in the sector is chiefly responsible for higher prices for consumers. More competition will lead to lower prices, according to the administration. It's true that the vast majority of the meat processing market is controlled by just a few players, but that's been the case for decades, said James Mitchell, assistant professor in the Department of Agriculture, Economics, and Agribusiness at the University of Arkansas. So, according to Mitchell, recent price spikes are largely the result of the same pressures contributing to inflation in other sectors, namely labor shortages and supply chain issues. Beef prices in November were up 20.9% from a year earlier, according to the U.S. Department of Labor. Now, for me, giving a billion dollars to the beef industry is not the answer because, like I said, it's not just the beef industry that's raising prices. It's chicken. It's... All of the different companies that provide food to the grocery stores, prices are rising. And so how can the government step in to mandate during this pandemic, which has impacted so many people, specifically those who are low wealth individuals and people who don't have a lot of money, how can the government mandate that these corporations, many that are, Having record profits through this pandemic, how can the government mandate that they cannot raise prices like this at the grocery store? It's going to get worse throughout the year. Like some economists have been on TV saying that once prices start increasing like this, it's it's not going to slow down. And it's, it's gasoline is expensive, food is expensive, but it's not just those two items. It's not just gasoline and and food, those two sectors where prices are increasing. I'm looking at the news and it's furniture. It's clothing and, you know, they specifically pointed towards men's clothing. Um, It's used cars. It's so many different things that are increasing in price. So for me... You know, this billion dollars is not going to help lower any prices. If the grocery stores are making record profits and many of these food producers are making record profits, they're not going to try to lower prices. So the government is going to have to step in because just like I said before on a previous podcast, if we were ever to have universal basic income in this country, that would be no excuse for rental prices and mortgage prices to increase. But that's also what's happening now. We've seen throughout the pandemic where not only has rent gone up, but many um, home prices have gone up as well. Now, I wanted to say that looking at the news, from December 2020 to December 2021 was the fastest rate of inflation in 40 years. Inflation went up 7%. So let's talk about where the inflation is. Food has gone up 6.3% during that time frame. Shelter increased 4.1%. Used cars and trucks, 37.3%. Gas, 49.6%. Bacon, 19%. Fish and seafood has had the biggest increase since 2011, 8%. Chicken. Chicken has had the biggest increase since 2004, up 10%. Furniture and bedding, biggest increase since 1951, up 14%. Now, men's apparel, restaurant meals, fast food, and new cars have had the biggest increases ever. Men's apparel up 8%, restaurant meals 7%, fast food 8%, new cars 12%. Now, I listen to the news and I hear some people on TV saying that it's attributed to the labor shortage and supply chain issues. But I'm going to talk more about the labor shortage later because America is a country that values employers and corporations more than workers in my opinion. That's why the minimum wages in America are so low. It's not just a federal minimum wage. It's also the minimum wages in cities across America that I still uh, consider to be very low. So many employees have been going on strike and this is why unions are so important to have in America. This is why the ability to unionize is so important in America because America um, the government, local, state, and federal often passes laws that give employers more rights than employees. It's important that workers have the right to unionize. So many people have gone on strike asking for better wages, um, you know better working conditions, better pension plans, better opportunities for advancement, advancement in their workplace. So here's an article from the new com. It's nypost.com. 8,400 Kroger workers strike as employees reportedly can't afford groceries. More than 8,000 Kroger grocery workers have gone on strike this week in Colorado to push for higher wages and health care benefits, as a new study revealed that 75% of employees are food insecure. Around 8,400 unionized employees at King Supers, a grocery chain owned by Kroger, walked off the job Wednesday morning demanding wage increases, better retirement benefits, and a safer work environment during the pandemic the Wall Street Journal reported Kroger's Kroger workers rate of food insecurity is 7 times the national average according to a survey released Monday by the Economic Roundtable of more than 10,000 Kroger employees, including some of those now striking. The average full-time employee takes home less than $30,000, and nearly two-thirds of workers say they do not make enough money to pay expenses and afford necessities, it reported. Only 39% of the grocery store employees surveyed said they are unable to pay for groceries themselves, according to the report. Kroger is one of America's largest employers, with almost half a million workers. 14% of those surveyed also reported being currently homeless, or having been homeless in the past year. The grocery giant, which has seen its stock rise by almost 50% in the past year, told the Post it is, quote-unquote, disappointed by the strike and said the Economic Roundtable survey is, quote-unquote, misleading. The chain said the survey's claim that, quote, more than two-thirds of Kroger workers struggled to afford food, housing, or other basic needs, quote, was untrue. Kroger provides, quote, competitive wages, Unquote, and offers jobs to, quote, undeserved populations, unquote, that provide upward mobility, it said. The chain recently came under fire for increasing the prices of at-home COVID-19 tests. Now, this article was published January 13th, 2022, and it's written by Ben Kesselin. Now, that last part of the article that I read, I need to go back and read it again because I mispronounced the word. Kroger provides competitive wages and offers jobs to underserved populations that provide upward mobility, it said. Now, let's talk about upward mobility. This is the issue I have with so many employers keeping the wages low. It's not just Kroger. It's a lot of companies. There is no incentive for them to retain employees by giving them better working environments, better pension plans giving them better wages. So when we talk about upward mobility, if someone is working for 10, 15, 20 years, and if they are finally able to get a promotion from their employer and the increase in pay is only $3 or $5 an hour, or maybe like only $200 a month to me, that's not upward mobility. And remember many of the people in government who are passing these laws that Enrich companies and corporations that keep the minimum wages so low across America. Many people who work in these government jobs—they are multimillionaires, and some of them are even multibillionaires. So we have to remember that some of these people in government jobs are not working for the people; they're working for themselves to enrich themselves. Their family members, their friends, their wealthy donors, their associates, their um, wealthy communities—and that is the issue I'm having. And I'm seeing repeatedly so many people during these. Um, hearings on a C-SPAN talk about wealth inequality and wage inequality and how some of their constituents are suffering during this inflation. But then I'm looking up how much some of these people in Congress, their net worth, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. So I'm going to talk more about that on a later podcast, but I wanted to talk about this article. And this is an article written by um, Albert Samaha, posted on January 11th, 2022 at 10 o'clock a.m. It's on BuzzFeedNews.com. And it says, they fed America during lockdown. Nearly two years later, many grocery workers can't make ends meet. That's the title. And then it says, current wage rates for people in hourly jobs leave some unhoused, unable to buy food, or collecting cans to pay the bills. And there's a picture that um, has a caption... Kroger is the fourth largest American-owned private employer in the United States. So let's talk about the corporate pay. And this article mentions that. So I wanted to talk about that. Now, this article states in this section, it says, After ticking slightly upward from 2019 to 2020, Kroger's annual revenue rose eight percent in 2021 to 132 billion dollars. Senior executives each made five million dollars or more in 2020, with CEO Ronnie McMullen earning twenty-two dollars. Excuse me, earning twenty-two million dollars, nearly double his 2018 pay. Now here's another article. This was published January 13, 2022, at 11:09 a.m. Written by Siddharth Kaval and Praveen Paramasivam. And it is on Reuters.com, R-E-U-T-E-R-S. It says um, Workers at nearly 80 Kroger's King Supers go on strike as talks stall. More than 8,000 workers at nearly 80 King Superstores went on strike for better wages on Wednesday as negotiations stalled. But the stores stayed open as the Kroger Company owned Colorado chain, hired temporary staff, and promoted online ordering. The strike is the latest of its kind in the United States following similar demonstrations at Kellogg's Company, Cereal Plants, and Deering Company as rising Omicron infections and inflation push workers to demand better working conditions and higher pay. The strike has received support from politicians, including U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren and Colorado State Senators Chris Culker and Jesse Danielson, according to their social media comments. Huge grocery store... Huge grocery chains like Kroger have made billions by jacking up consumer prices, and they're using those profits to reward executives instead of raising wages so workers can make ends meet. I stand with Kroger workers in their fight for a fair contract, Warren tweeted. A Kroger spokesperson said wages have grown before and during the pandemic, with the grocer raising its average hourly rate of pay to $16.68 from $13.66 since 2017. Now, While many customers have also called for a boycott of Kroger, several others worried that increased wages could lead to higher product prices. Now, don't forget, the prices are already high. So if prices are already high, why are so many employees at different companies having to strike? Because they're members of a union, so they are able to strike. Why are they having to strike to ask for better wages? one would think that the increases that we're seeing at stores across the country would lead to employees having better wages. So, you know, it bothers me that more is not being done to help people. You know, the corporate profits have increased continuously. Executive pay has increased continuously for many organizations in the past four years, while many employee wages have remained low and stagnant. And what bothers me is that when you read about what so many politicians and people in government do to keep poor people poor in this country, it's baffling to me that in 2022, employees and workers are still having to ask for basic rights and decent pay in this country. And then you wonder why there's a labor shortage. I mean, how many workers for years were asking for $15 per hour from their employers? And then because of the pandemic and the labor shortage, now I'm passing so many um Uh, restaurants that the same restaurant for example McDonald's that was one of the restaurants that people were asking for $15 per hour I'm passing that restaurant and there's a sign outside one of the restaurants it says $15 per hour but for years McDonald's employees were asking for that and $15 per hour is not a living wage no matter to me how many progressive democrats and government Claim that $15 per hour is a living wage. It is not a living wage. And don't forget, many people who work for the United States government, including people who are in the military, are earning less than $30,000 per year. Less than $40,000 per year. So when you are earning less than $50,000 per year, and you have a family to support, I'm looking on the news a few weeks ago. CBS News did a story. An estimated 39% of uh, military families are food insecure. You know, this is 2022. This should not still be happening in America. I was watching the news and I didn't write down the nonprofit. I didn't write down the, the network, but there was um two men on the news story that had a nonprofit that focuses on getting food from farmers that would usually be disposed to food banks around the country. And one of those uh, men said that there's enough food that is, farmed in America to feed every single person in America. So why is it that so many families are food insecure? Why is it that we have grocery stores during a pandemic? Increasing prices and employees are still having to ask for better pay and better working conditions and better opportunities for advancement. The federal government is going to have to eventually pass better labor laws. You know, not every uh, employer allows their employees to u- to unionize. So... If you're a member of a union, yes, you have more rights than the average employee, but there are times when employees have tried to unionize and it has been stopped by their employer. So, you know, this is a country that really values money and profits and corporations and wealthy individuals and families and communities. In my opinion, it values them over everyone else. So times are changing. And for me, President Biden and his administration, they're doing some things but they're not doing enough and people keep were trying to say before about how many decades joe biden was um in congress and and and, you know they were saying he didn't really do much but you know they kept saying well he wasn't president then so he's president now so this is a time of change for this country you know 2020 was a time when a lot of people um were registered registered to vote People who didn't vote in 2016 during the presidential election voted in 2020. People want change in this country and they want help from their government. If I hear one more person on TV who works in government try to say that low-wage people don't try hard enough. If I hear one more person who's wealthy say that people who are low wage, don't have the education or the knowledge or the skill or the determination to be to become wealthy in this country, and, you know, there's so much in life that we can't control. You know, people are born into poverty and so many people stay in poverty their entire lives in America. So if it was very easy to obtain wealth after being born in poverty in America, I know a lot of people have done it. I've talked about them on my podcast. I've talked about how inspirational they are. I've talked about how much it means to me when I hear people talk about their Um, success stories, but there are so many people who are born into poverty in America and they will never be able to work their way out of poverty. So when we have these low wages and we have these record profits and we have people having to strike to even ask for a raise in this country, this to me is a problem. And when I hear certain people in government, in Congress, acknowledging that these um, problems like wage and wealth inequality are worsening, but what are you doing about it? Some of these people are multimillionaires and multi-billionaires in government and they're not doing anything to help people who need the most help in this country. So I'm going to talk more about all of that. But this was something I had to highlight because for me, going to the grocery store and seeing all these expensive prices, it is so rapidly rising. I just know that the government should be doing more. And when so many people are becoming wealthy during this uh, pandemic and they are already wealthy and they're becoming wealthier and people are still having to fight for decent wages, then you wonder why there's a labor shortage. If, if the American government had addressed this wage and wealth inequality years ago, there would not be a labor shortage right now. I really do believe it because too many employers, once again, are putting their, their investors and their executive pay and their profits above their employees and, the, and working additions that the employees have during this COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, these are issues I want to talk more about. But for me, I think that I want people in government to care more. And I want them to want them to do more. If anyone tells you that the United States government doesn't have the um, resources or authority to help poor people in this country, it's not true. If President Joe Biden can give a billion dollars to the beef industry and increase the defense budget, um, a defense budget was recently increased. Here's an article from political.com. It's from December 27th, 2021, published at 1149 a.m. Updated at 540 p.m. Biden signed $768 billion defense policy bill that his original Pentagon requests. The bill rejects Biden's $715 billion Pentagon budget request and instead calls for $740 billion for the Defense Department. President Joe Biden signed a $760 billion defense policy bill on Monday after Democrats and Republicans rejected his initial Pentagon plans and endorsed a major boost to military spending. The enactment of the Compromised National Defense Authorization Act, the National Defense Authorization Act, which was rolled out in its final form and passed the House and Senate overwhelmingly this month, marks the 61st consecutive year Pentagon policy legislation has become law. The White House announced Biden signed the bill into law in a statement. The bill rejects Biden's $715 billion Pentagon budget request and instead calls for $740 billion for the Defense Department. While Biden's request amounted to a military spending increase above the current levels, Republicans quickly panned the bill blueprint as insufficient to keep pace with inflation and military advances by China and Russia. Most Democrats on Capitol Hill agreed, and both the House and Senate backed further budget increases in their respective versions of the defense bill. In all, the bill authorizes $768 billion for national defense programs, which includes the Pentagon and nuclear weapons programs overseen by the Department of Energy. Now, I wanted to read a little bit more from this article, but I'm not going to read the entire article. The authorized budget boost will translate into billions more for weapons procurement, including more planes and ships than the Pentagon requested. I'm going to read two more paragraphs in closing. Republicans also touted the exclusion of a proposal that would establish a Pentagon office dedicated to countering extremism in the military. The proposal was sponsored by Representative Anthony Brown and backed by Democrats. The lack of more expansive anti-extremism provisions and a broader overhaul to the military justice system that removes commanders' authority to prosecute all felonies, pushed by Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, was enough for some Democrats to oppose the final Bail.